Look, I know you're a busy person, and it's very forward of me to expect a few minutes of your time for a little tete-a-tete, -tete, but hear me out for the next few minutes as I explain a pressing issue, one that's troubled me greatly and that I'd like to share with you. 1941, the Holocaust. Do you know how Hitler was able to slaughter thousands of Jews and butcher homosexuals without attempted ruse? He convinced the populace that anyone who did not align with Aryan perfection was not a human worthy of protection. And by labeling souls, Uttermenschen carnage became completely acceptable behavior. 1831 America, the Trail of Tears. Do you know why we were able to evict the natives from their home and justify territorial ravages? We labeled them subhuman, less thans, and savages. Maybe you don't see my point yet, so let's go back a little further. 1787 America, the reason that we were able to enslave our own race, looking souls in the face and saying, because of your skin, you deserve no place, is because we came up with ridiculous laws like the three-fifths clause to degrade our neighbor without a pause. And maybe you think dehumanization is a thing of the past, but the cycle continues right up to 2020 Earth. We've labeled our own offspring as a glob of cells right up until the moment of birth. And see, I realized that I probably lost half of my audience when I defended the homosexuals and the other half when I defended the unborn. But the truth is that my allegiance is not torn between an elephant and a donkey, but lies with all the forlorn, because that's where Jesus stands. And see, I'm not attempting to wade into political sands. In fact, the whole point of this video is to illustrate the principle that the us and them mentality is not a healthy tribalism, but a devastating malady. See, humans have a pattern throughout history of dehumanizing each other in order to justify destroying one another. And in order for humans to commit the unspeakable social crimes we have in the past, we must first convince ourselves that life is not a supreme value meant to last. After all, if life has no value, what's wrong with eugenics? If a fetus isn't really a life, what's wrong with abortion? If a slave is subhuman, what's wrong with slavery? If a woman is just property, what's wrong with porn? And see, don't you think it's funny that pro-lifers are labeled misogynists while the faceless thousands of Pornhub content creators rape and exploit thousands of women on video and get clean away with it, tearing sexuality apart, separating physicality from emotion, all because we've labeled porn art. Hundreds of women are sexually exploited and abused on videos strewn irretrievably across the internet, and yet many people think, oh yeah, that's conventional. Porn is generating ad revenue that lines the pocket of rapists, all because we're blind enough to think all pornography is consensual. In the year 2015, 4.3 billion hours of pornography were consumed on a single website. Through porn, women and children are repeatedly dehumanized, raped, abused, and excessively traumatized. Porn is often just commercial rape caught on tape, and if you think those directors care about age or consent, you're shutting your eyes. See, exploitation looks like leading Pornhub spokesperson Asa Akira tweeting that adulthood is, quote, knowing the difference between good rape and bad rape, end quote. Dehumanization looks like a 15-year-old girl locked into a lifelong scrape after 58 videos of her exploitation and degradation were uploaded to Pornhub for global humiliation. But that's okay, right? Because those stories are exceptions to the norm, and just because there are 52,000 years of porn were watched on a single website in one year's time doesn't mean it's addictive. In fact, to say otherwise would be restrictive because we've labeled sex recreational and porn educational. See, friends, what if we're missing something truly foundational? You see, porn consumers and producers 
users have no reliable method of verifying age or consent, and they don't care. They just see another piece of meat for their commercial content. Do we really think pleasure should come in a woman's pain and that labeling it art absolves us of blame? Because if we don't, why is gang rape one of the most commonly searched genres of porn, followed closely by MILF and incest videos that are now the running joke of streaming platforms like Twitch? We're trampling roses while shouting, we're dancing on thorns, we're commercializing pain and saying it's just porn. And so we've labeled victims stars because when our conscience won't allow us to commit an atrocity, we just come up with a label of ignominy that undermines the validity of our neighbor's dignity in order to justify our heart's polygamy and our hands' barbarity. I mean, do we not see the discrepancy pointing to the glaring mastectomy that needs to happen on our moral trajectory? It's a misguided monstrosity to say that porn is just a commodity. And yet somehow it's portrayed as an industry that empowers femininity, educates the gentry, and liberates women from an oppressive patriarchy? Friends, it's time to open our eyes. We're emptying beauty of its value and filling it with lies. You can get away with a lot by making things seem like less than they are. That's why there's really no problem with test driving sex partners if humans are just cars. See, the presence of a label is what enables violence, and the names we come up with are the cause of our silence. So real quick, I have just one question for you. How are you treating your neighbor? Better yet, what do you call your neighbor? In order to harm another without a peep from your conscience, all that's required is a false pretense. So next time you hear a label that makes your neighbor seem less than human, just remember all that's needed to perpetuate animosity is a good excuse for atrocity.